Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. And a lot of people say don't complain when it, the weather changes, but I never complain when it's cold, but I will say I'm hot. I don't, I don't, I'm already sweating and I don't like it. <laughs> it's too hot for me already. Tonight we'll have uh, one song and then Mike has our announcements. Two more songs and Chris has our lesson this evening. Our first song is number 851, Blue Skies and Rainbows. If you would let stand for this song, please. Blue Skies and Rainbows. Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see when my Lord is living in me. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he that we never. Good evening. Hope everyone's having a good week and enjoying this nice weather. Just uh, some announcements, some reminders on upcoming events. If you want to mark these on your calendar, we'll be a, uh, there'll be a deacon's meeting on April the 16th, and that'll be at 5 p.m. for evening services. On April the 18th will be the Addiction Seminar, and that will be at 6.30 here at the building. April 22nd is the Hometown Love, and that will be at the fairgrounds. And if you're willing to help with that, uh, if you want to just show up over there about 9 a.m., I think it goes to uh, around 2 p.m., um, love to have, have you participate with that. And uh, if you want to get there even a little bit earlier, around 7, and help set up, that would be greatly appreciated as well. And you can see Chris if you have any questions about that. And there'll be a uh, gospel meeting at Flatwoods at the end of this month, uh, April 24th through the 26th. And also just a reminder that the mowing schedule is now hanging up on the, uh, the bulletin board in the foyer. If you're able to help out with that, I know uh, Greg would greatly appreciate that. And just sign up um, whatever week you could help. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Reminders on uh, the prayer list. Continue to pray for Jimmy Wilgus, 
Jim Haney. I just got a text from Jim a little bit ago. He went to Ohio State today and had an appointment, had a really good, uh, really good appointment. The medicine that he's taken has boosted his blood count, and uh, he was really excited about that, and they think that he can resume treatment soon. Uh, continue to keep Terry Leap in prayers, as well as Amber Spitzer and Jim Jackson. This is a friend of Marvin and Christy McAllister. He's having bypass tomorrow. Uh, good to see Joe uh, Robinson back with us after his car accident, so I'm glad to see him. That is all the announcements that I have. Uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time thanking you for this another day of life. Thank you so much for the, the beautiful day that you've blessed us with and this time of the year, the change of the seasons. We just thank you for, for that and uh, the way that you reveal yourselves through your creation. And, and Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here as a body of believers to worship you, to sing praises to you, to study from your word, and we, we thank you for that word that guides us, it gives us a, a road map, gives us direction to navigate this, this life and the challenges that we, uh, that we face, and, and we know our time here is fleeting, Father, and that, uh, that we will be with you one day, and we thank you for that hope that we have through your son, Jesus, and thank you for um, what he means to us, Father, and and Father, I just pray that we will use our time wisely this evening, that we will use this time to grow closer to you, to grow closer to each other, to strive for that unity that you would have us to have as a, a body of believers. And Father, be with all of those that uh, are on the prayer list, those that have been mentioned this evening, those uh, names that appear in our bulletin, that were mentioned in Bible class on Sunday morning. Just pray for each of them that you will strengthen them, will heal them, restore their health, Father. We thank you that we have a Father that we can go to in prayer and that Jesus provides that opportunity for us to, to be able to, to talk directly to you, Father. Lord, just continue to be with us this evening. Forgive us when we do sin. It's through Jesus we pray these things. Amen. guys here. Judy Gerald's having a heart cath tomorrow, so let's keep her in prayers as well. Thanks. Our next song this evening uh, is on the overhead only. It's A Shield About Me. I know I've led this, it's been a few weeks, but uh, I'm going to do it again. A Shield About Me.
next song before the lesson. It's number 839. 839, when all of God's singers get home. Song of invitation will be number 31. 31. Almost persuaded. If you're in Miss Connie's class, like if you're a little one, and you have been, she's been walking through some of the Psalms and songs that are in Psalms, that old Lord is from Psalm 3. So you get a little cheat sheet there tonight. <laughs> it's a really cool song, right? But God's people have been singing that song for thousands of years. It's new to us, but. God's people have been singing it for thousands of years. It's really beautiful uh, from Psalm 3. Anyhow, uh, tonight we're back in Revelation chapter 8. Um, I was thinking through uh, Revelation 7 last week. And as we, as we walked our way through that, through that little section there in Revelation um, with the seal and, and all the things that are going on there and God protecting his people, he's so good at that. That's one of the things that he enjoys. He, he loves protecting his people. And that's another one of those things that he's done for centuries, uh, thousands of years. Since he's had a people, he protects them. And, and you see it again here in Revelation chapter 7, uh, like we talked about last week. And Revelation is not difficult. Um, there's a lot of things in there that we don't really understand. Um, some of that's because we don't know our Old Testament like we should. We've fallen down on our study on the Old Testament. And so some of the symbols um, from Revelation are hidden in the Old Testament for us, and we, all we need to do really is dig a little deeper into our Old Testament to be able to understand some of those things. Some of them are just shrouded in mystery, and we don't, we're not able to comprehend some of the symbols and, and figures that he's trying to get us back to. They would have understood it clearly, uh, but for us, it's a little bit more murky on some of these things. But 
That's the specifics. The general theme of Revelation is very simple. God wins. And because God wins, you win. As God's people, we win. Um, if, if, that's the underlying bold italic word, if you stay faithful. That's, that's the ticket in Revelation because they are being persecuted, severely persecuted. We talked last week a little bit about how uh, they had uh, been undergoing this persecution, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get much, much worse. And so Revelation's written to a beleaguered people who are just, I mean, just think of the most depressed, um, hurting people that you can imagine. Um, and, and it's because of their faith. It's, it's because of their absolute rejection of the idea of rejecting Jesus. They refuse to do that. At all costs, they refuse to do that. And so they are being, they're being hurt by Rome, by their government, because of that. And so he writes to them in Revelation 7 to talk to them about how he's protecting them. He's not going to save their lives. He's done something much more significant for them. He is protecting their souls. Um, and really protecting their souls from themselves. Because the idea here is that they're going to give up. That they're just going to abandon the faith. And he says, no, I'm, I'm going to put my word in your minds uh, like Deuteronomy 6 says, I'm going to put it in your hearts and write it. And that's where it's going to stay. And so he's protected them in that way. But then in Revelation chapter 8, he just kind of continues right along in that theme. So if you've got your Bibles open, look in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. It says, When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Now, if you've ever read through Revelation, and I suggest it, it it's, it's an incredibly interesting read you know that it is very, very loud in heaven. It's noisy in heaven. Often we think of angels with their harps and they're gently playing music. It's not the case. Uh, if you go back through and you, you pick up a biblical idea, at least a symbolic ideal of what's going on in Revelation in heaven, uh, it's loud. There's thunders. Um, there's, it's a sensory overload. There's thunders and lightnings and there's, on occasion, earthquakes like there, like there, uh, there is here in Revelation chapter 8. Uh, there are voices all the time from everywhere. There's coming voices. And they're all saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord who was and is and is to come. Um, there's living creatures and they're talking. They're singing and saying those things. And there, There's uh, martyred Christians who are saying these things. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands are, are shouting that, that line. So heaven's a really noisy place. Uh, but here in Revelation 8, 1, he says there's silence in heaven for about half an hour. God quiets heaven. And really what's going on in heaven is, is praises, right? His people are acknowledging his greatness. That's, that's what we're doing uh, in heaven is acknowledging his greatness. But for half an hour, for some reason, he tells them to, to be silent. And there's not a word spoken for 30 minutes, obviously symbology here right we're talking about symbols and so there's not literal silence in heaven for 30 minutes and so what's he trying to get at well let's keep walking through it so everything all the rest of the stuff that we're going to read tonight from revelation 8 2 through verse 4 which is we're going through verse 5 but the verse 4 you're supposed to see that as utter silence None of the movements make a sound. Nobody's saying anything. There's not thunders. There's not lightning. It's complete and perfect peace. You can hear a pin drop. Okay, verse 2. 
Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with the golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. So what's, what's really going on here? All that is happening in utter silence, but what, what, what he's doing here is he is offering the saints' prayers, Christians' prayers, as a sacrifice to God. So there's people praying on earth, and those prayers are being lifted up to heaven as a sacrifice. And God has stilled heaven so that he can hear those prayers. You see what's going on? It's really a very interesting symbols here. So... On the altar, uh, a burnt offering, that's or the altar of incense, that's what he's pointing at here. They would put incense and they would burn it and the smoke would waft up and that was seen as being going towards heaven. In this instance, that incense is carrying with it the prayers of all the saints. And so what are they praying for? Well, flip back, Revelation 6, uh, starting in verse 10. So, I'll start back, back up to verse, verse 9 uh, to get where these, these martyred Christians are. So, Revelation 6, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. So, they are, they're under the altar. That's important. You've got to keep track of these people. That's where they're staying. They're under the altar. Like they themselves have been sacrificed. They are the sacrifices. Their lives are the sacrifices that's pleasing to God. They were faithful all the way through to death, and now their lives have been pleasing to God. Okay, so verse 10 is, is their prayer. And this is the prayer that our friends in Revelation 8 are praying. It's the same people, or at least it's their brothers uh, on earth that are praying this prayer. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So what, what's, their, what's their prayer? Their question is, how long is it going to be before you send judgment on this hateful, evil nation that is doing nothing but evil to your people how long are you going to stay your hand when is judgment coming when will vengeance be meted out you've told us that you are the great avenger when will that happen they've died for their faith and now they're waiting on recompense they're waiting on judgment to come because they know that god loves to protect his people he's not going to let rome get away with this and so they're praying this prayer and in Revelation eight, that's the prayer I think that's going up on the uh, with the incense to God, and He hears that prayer. So between between Revelation seven and Revelation eight, you've got two of the most comforting thoughts that a person that is in this situation could could have. I think. Picture yourself in the most hurt position you could think of. Maybe you feel betrayed. Um, there's grief there. There, there's pain there. Um, there's this roller coaster of emotions. 
That's what they're going through. What do you want to know in the midst of that roller coaster of, coaster of emotions? Well, I want to know that God's with me, that he's protecting me, and that he hears me. That's what I want to know. I know he's good. I need to know that he's going to protect me. Revelation 7 says he's going to protect me. Revelation chapter 8 says he's going to, he's hears, he hears your prayers too. Because that's, that's, the, that's the, what we go to when we struggle. When we, when we hurt like this, the first thing we do usually is pray, right? These folks, these first century Christians, they had to be thinking, and John alludes to that here in Revelation, that maybe God has betrayed them. Maybe he's left, maybe he's left them out somehow. Maybe, maybe he's not as powerful as, as they thought he were led to believe that he was. And then he gets, starts really getting into Revelation. He says, "No, that's all. That's false. Domitian or Nero, whoever the Caesar is at this point in history, he has nothing on God. He, he's not even, he's not even a battle. In fact." In Revelation 6, where he pictures, uh, excuse me, it's Revelation 4, where he pictures God's throne room. Do you know what, what God's doing in the midst of this battle with Caesar and Rome, the most powerful nation on the planet, the one who is bringing all this pain and all this hurt to God's people? You know what God's doing? He's sitting. You don't sit during a fight, do you? Anybody ever tried to hit you? What do you do? You immediately stand up, right? God's not doing that because this isn't a fight. He's already won. The fight's already over. Caesar doesn't know it yet, but Rome's dead. God wins. It's all over. All that's left is the judgment. Um, so in Revelation 8, you get this beautiful picture. Not only is he protecting you, but he's hearing you too. In the midst of all this pain, he hears. And that's, that's this idea of the silence. When he silences heaven for half an hour, he wants us to understand, to grab a hold of that idea. He hears your pain. When you cry out to him, it's like, it's like he was talking to somebody else, but he tells them, shh, my child's praying, and I'm going to listen to them. They've got my full attention. You can tell when you got somebody's full attention, don't you? You ever been talking to somebody, and they kind of look at their watch, or pull out their phone, they start looking at it, and like, what's going on? I don't have your full attention. You're, you're, interested, in, you're interested in something else right now. John's saying in Revelation 8, we have God's undivided attention. He's listening. He's tuning in to our prayers. But check out what happens in verse 5. When all the noise comes back um, in verse 5, check out what happens. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire. Originally, it had been filled with incense and prayer. And that was lifted up to God. That was the sacrifice that, uh, of their lives, uh, um, of their faith. Um, and so that was, that was what was originally in this censer. But now those things have been lifted up to God, and he's taking care of those. He's hearing those prayers. But now this censer is filled with fire from the altar, the same altar that burned up their, their prayers and, and burned up this incense. Now he's grabbed fire from there, and he's put it in this censer, and he throws it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Judgment. That's what he's talking about. God's saying, Rome does not get away with this. You Christians, you, if you're faithful unto death, if you're faithful all the way through, he not only will protect you, but he hears your 
cries of pain. It's reminiscent of Psalm 3, isn't it? Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. You protect me. You hear me when I cry. But to the people that are hurting these Christians, he says, there is judgment coming. You do not get away with this. And I think that was one of the big things that they were worried about. These first century Christians, they were concerned that maybe Rome was just going to get away with this. Maybe God was going to allow it. Nope, he doesn't allow it. Evil will always be stamped out. It will always be judged. But the beautiful thing is, if you're inside of Christ, he not only protects, but he hears our cries. So tonight, if you're not inside of Christ, that needs to be remedied as quickly as possible to have your sins washed away through the power of baptism. Maybe you've already decided that you want to be a follower of his and you're just struggling. We want to pray with you that God can protect you, that he'll hear you, and that you can be faithful unto death. If you have any need tonight, won't you come as we stand and sing? Would you pray with me, please? Dear God, our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for another day of life that you've given to us. We're thankful, Lord, for this uh, time that we've had together, together with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to sing these uh, songs of praise and to hear the, 
the message uh, preached from your word. Lord, we pray that uh, you would strengthen us, uh, help us to do your will. We pray that uh, we would be resolved uh, to follow you. Pray, Lord, that you would be with those that uh, aren't able to be with us this evening. We pray that you would uh, bless them and strengthen them. We pray now that you uh, go with us uh, this time of Bible study, that you would uh, be with us, and we pray for open, open hearts and open minds as we look into your word this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the great love that you've shown us and the gift of your Son, and uh, we pray all of these things in his name. Amen. <clears throat> 